This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. All right, folks, let's get into the Word of God. We are ready for this, okay? So we're going to jump right in. Uh, We're in our series, Praise Him. And um, we're going to just look at some other aspects of worship, of praise, and what it is today, okay? And so uh, allow me just to pray here for the word, and then we'll jump right in. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word today. I pray in the name of Jesus that you minister to us by the Holy Spirit. God, anoint this word, anoint this moment. We invite you, God, into our space right now, right where we are. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Holy Spirit, convict us, change us, do whatever it is you want to do uh, in and through us today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Everybody said amen. All right, let's jump right in. So we're going to just talk about some aspects of what worship is, and we're going to look at um, two stories, uh, potentially two. We'll see if we get to the second one, but we're going to look at a gentleman in the scripture called Bartimaeus and kind of his story of getting healed and how worship was such a big part of that. And then we're going to uh, maybe, if we have time here, to get to um, the, the Syrophoenician woman that received a miracle and deliverance for her daughter, but um, worship was just woven in that whole, um, her whole story, okay? So somebody say worship. And so we're going to talk about what worship is today, what, what worship is, okay? So it's a lot of things. I think we've even um, maybe a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we kind of talked about what worship is as well. But this is just a different different perspective of what worship is than what we've already talked about. So um, my heart and prayer is that this ministers to you and, and this encourages you to worship God all the more. Okay. So in talking about what worship is, I just want to say quickly what worship isn't. Worship is not about a style, uh, a style of music even. It's not about a style. It's not about um, some sort of church culture. It's not culture. It's not, it's not, it's not a culture thing. Um, although we in our culture, our reality and all of that entails, we are in that and part of that. And then we worship God through it, but culture is not worship. Okay. Um, and so method as well, um, there are churches have different methods of worship, different approaches of worship. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, from how many songs they sing, what songs they sing, what instruments they use, what instruments they don't use. Um, you know what I'm saying? How long their um, worship is. You know, worship is not a length per se. Um, and so it is also not defined by denomination or church group or ch- Christian Christianity subculture or just because somebody got a double award, that means they're a great worshiper. No, that's just, um, they got a double award. So hopefully they are. Um, some of you probably don't even know what a double award is. Uh, but, um, you know, or, you know what I'm saying? Or, they, they, you know, they're at the top of the billboard, Christian, whatever, uh, you know, top 10. They got the most YouTube views. Like none of that equates to worship. It's not what worship is, right? Some of the, all those things I said aren't necessarily bad. It's just not what worship is. So here it is. We'll start with this and then then we're going to jump to the scripture. But worship is recognition of who God is. I'm going to say that again, okay? 
Um, worship is a recognition of who God is, or it very well could be um, revelation of who God is, or receiving who God is, or saying who God is, or singing who God is. But the bottom line, the point is, what is worship? It is recognition of who God is. Worship is recognition of who Jesus is, okay? And when we see in the scripture, when people did that, powerful things happened, okay? When people did that, you know, uh, miracles took place. When people did that, they, they stepped into a realm of faith and the promises of God to the like of which they had never seen. But when they recognized who God was, right, in their moment, changed everything. Somebody say worship, okay? So here we go. Mark chapter 10, verse 47. I'm gonna read this whole story and then we're gonna go back. So I'm gonna read it quickly, okay? So I am gonna read Mark chapter 10 all the way to verse 52, okay? We're gonna just read through this. Mark 10, 46 to 52. Please stand for the reading of God's word. No, I'm just kidding. I, I can't see it, so you could be very well sitting, lying down right now. You don't have to stand. Um, uh, but here we go, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48, then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 49, so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. Verse 50, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Verse 51, so Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Verse 52, then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and follow Jesus on the road. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say worship. Okay, somebody say worship. So when he came to him, um, the first thing out of his mouth once he heard it was Jesus. There's a uh, Fred Hammond song uh, that actually, um, the whole song is about this man's journey, right? He heard Jesus passing by the roadside. Um, you guys gotta um, listen to that song. I honestly forget the name of the song, but it is a beautiful worship song. Fred Hammond, um, I know some people out there would know. Ashley, who hosts our, one of our, who hosts our 9 a.m. Facebook, she knows. So Ashley, if you're there hosting, obviously you are there hosting, uh, if you don't mind just putting the name of that song or maybe even the link, the YouTube link to that song in the chat, that would be amazing. Um, so, uh, anyway, so he comes and he says, man, uh, you know, 
uh, son of David. I mean, that, that, that just says everything. So this is recognition, worship. He, that was worship right there, worship. I mean, th th this man, blind Bartimaeus, he's blind, he's begging, he doesn't have a lot, he, 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 he's poor, he's marginalized, he, he, he's not privileged, he's not, you know what I'm saying, living large and in charge from any natural perspective, but the man is a worshiper. You don't need nothing, nothing in this world to be a worshiper. And he was able, he was able to acknowledge who Jesus was. It said everything. This said everything. The man was learned. The man knew. The man knew his Bible. He knew. He knew. He knew the theology here. He knew, man. Then here is Jesus. Man's blind, but he recognized the Messiah. And so the title, okay, the title, Son of David. This is a big deal, folks. It's a big deal. All right, Son of David. Somebody say worship. He cried out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Somebody say worship. He was recognizing who God is. He recognized him. He acknowledged him, confessed, shouted more than once. He declared the praise of God. He worshiped Jesus, acknowledged him for who he really was. And so this phrase, this language, son of David, is more than a statement of Jesus' physical, physical genealogy being connected to David. Jesus is of the tribe of Judah, David of the tribe of Judah, okay? It is, it is a messianic title when people, here it is, and this is not the only time people did this, okay, in the scripture, but when they did it, they were worshiping. I mean, he came to Jesus with the right stuff, man. He, his worship was accurate. His theology was immaculate. Son of David said everything about who Jesus is. It is who the prophets prophesied of. It is who the law and the prophets were pointing to. It is that, that the throne of his kingdom would be everlasting. Son of David, he knew this. And it's not just the, the, the physical genealogy. When people referred, okay, to Jesus as the son of David, Okay, that what they meant was that he was the, this is, this is, this is throughout the ages up until Christ's coming. He's the deliverer, he's the redeemer, and he's the fulfillment of every Old Testament prophetic, messianic prophetic word. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This man was a worshiper. Everything is about to change for blind Bartimaeus. Nothing has changed just yet. I mean, I know I read the whole story, so we see the end, all right? But right here, when he first, nothing's changed yet, but he's a worshiper. I'm telling you, you gotta learn how to worship when nothing's changed. You gotta learn how to worship when you are still in the place you're in. We gotta learn how to worship. We gotta, we gotta learn how to worship God and acknowledge who he is, recognize who he is, even in a moment and having a past that seems like is not changing. Because worship, is, like we said before, God is always worthy. Therefore, worship is always um, called for, right? He, he, he didn't see his miracle yet, his breakthrough, his healing, but he was worshiping, acknowledging and recognizing who Jesus is who he really is, okay? So nothing has changed, but here's the point here. 
it is all about to change, okay? Because G, he, this man, Blind Bartimaeus, is calling Jesus by his rightful name and identity, Jesus, son of David, okay? So here is the point, folks. Worship will get God's attention because we're acknowledging who he really is. All right? If you walk down the street and somebody yells, Frank, guess what? I'm not turning my head. But if they say, Sean, I'm going to look because that's my name. I am telling you that, that this is why I said, I said this last week. This is why our theology of God is so important, knowing who God really is, knowing in the scripture who he is, his characteristics, his attributes, because worship is based on our revelation and understanding as to who God really is. And he knew, son of David, promised Messiah, deliverer, the king that has come to set up his kingdom on the earth, son of David. Come on, somebody. All right. Worship will get God's attention because once, like I said before, because we're acknowledging him for who he is in truth. When we call him by his name, he turns his head. Okay, there's something to be said about knowing who God is. Okay, so let's look at verse 48, Mark 10, 48. Then they warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Just because people told him to be quiet, he did not stop recognizing who God was, who he really is. And this is the thing. This is the problem with some of us Christians is something doesn't go right. People don't treat us right. We're trying to go after God and they're messing it up or trying to. And then we allow them to derail us. This is the thing about this man, blind Bartimaeus. He did not allow the, 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 the resistance to keep him from worshiping Jesus. He still didn't get his miracle. People tell him to shut up. Jesus had not yet responded, but he's still saying, son of David, he's worshiping. He just wasn't asking for a miracle. He's acknowledging him for who he is. Worship isn't about asking for things. It's not about acquiring things. It is about acknowledging whom he is, who he is. Come on, somebody. Worship in this context is about turning God's head, getting God's attention, if you will. All right? And saying, son of David, he's recognizing him as divine, deity, God, having all dominion, glory, power, forever and ever and ever, amen. When he said, son of David, it's like, you are divine. You are before all things. You are the I am. Before Abraham was, you were the I am. You are the Messiah that's been sent, the anointed one. When he said, son of David, he's worshiping, okay? He's saying all of this. He's saying that you are the omniscient God, son of David's, omniscient. You know everything. He is saying that you are omnipresent. You are everywhere at the same time in all time. You are omnipresent. He's saying you're divine. 
You are deity. There is no other. Come on, somebody. He's saying you're the one that delivered the people, God's people out of Egypt. You're the one that brought them into the promised land. All right. You're the one that spoke to the prophets. You're the one. Come on now. That led Abraham out. You are, you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Son of David. Okay. Omnipotent. He's saying you're omnipotent. Having unlimited power. Able to do anything. When he said son of David. And he, he was saying you are God. He was saying you are God. You are omniscient. You are omnipresent. You are omnipotent. You are all that. And some, you are more than enough. Somebody say worship. Worship is recognizing who God is. Okay? And so when he said son of David, it was everything. It was everything. It spoke of God's plan. It spoke of the, it did speak of the natural genealogy, but it also spoke of his divinity. Okay? Because even um, as Jesus says, okay, and I'm not going to uh, give you this full scripture here. I'm not going to read it, but just a little bit from my notes. In, in Revelations 22, 16, it'll be up on the screen here, but Revelations 22, 16, he, he, Jesus said, uh, I am the root and the offspring of David. So Jesus in Revelation is saying that is he is both the creator of David and the descendant of David. He is the root and the offspring. Come on, somebody. He is the beginning and the end, alpha and omega. All right. When he said, son of David, he was saying, you are everything I need. And you know all things and you were before all things. Come on, somebody. We need to get our theology straight. We need to, we need to, we need to begin to preach a big God and a little devil because there is no comparison to God and the devil. God is not in a battle with the devil. We in this earth are going through a war, a spiritual fight. And Jesus has already won it. But we're the ones that are tempted. We're the ones that are having to press through the things of this life and this world and being in it and not of it, being in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. This is, this is something we walk through with God. But God himself is in no battle with the devil. Come on, somebody. Only the Son of God made flesh could say this. I am both the root and the offspring of David. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And so here's my next point. Here's my next point. That when we worship, okay, there will be resistance, as we have just seen with, 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 with our friend here, uh, Blind Bartimaeus. All right, verse 49, Mark 10, verse 49. So Jesus stood still. There it is. Got his attention. I'm telling you, you, you want to get God's attention. You got to tell God who he is. I've said this before. I'll say it again. You, you can't tell God who he is and he not tell you who you are. All right. This is, this is how it works. He inhabits the praises of his people. This is a thing. He is omnipresent in all places at all times. But when somebody worships, he, God chooses to make himself known. God chooses. God will reveal himself in worship. Look at, look at the Bible, people. Come on now. Worship brings us into communion with God. So Jesus stood still. 
commanded him to be called. Get that man. Then they called it the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. Verse 50, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. There's a whole, there's a whole lot there. But these garments they wore were what told everybody what they were dealing with. Okay, it's a very classless society, so they had to wear the garments, and these garments signified that they are poor, blind. You know what I'm saying? And 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 it kind of it kind of put them in this societal place, off scouring, a reject, marginalized. They wore the garments. Jesus called him. He threw that garment off. I'm here to tell you right now, prophetically speaking, is that when we worship and God brings us to himself, that everything the world has told you, every, every, every demonic lie, all abuse, all trauma, everything, maybe other people told you, things your own unrenewed mind has told you about yourself, God's heart is that we cast off those false identities those heresy identities and step into his presence and in communion with him so we can be healed of that stuff. Somebody say amen. Verse 51, Mark 10, 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. That I may receive my sight. God knows everything, yet he desires to commune with us. God knows, Jesus knows everything. Okay, God does not grow in knowledge. He does not develop. God doesn't learn anything. He's never learned anything. He is not learning anything right now. He knows all things. Come on, somebody. All right, so why is he asking this man what he wants? Jesus knows what he wants. Why? Because God in his omniscience, God in his omnipotence, God in his omnipresence, he still desires to fellowship with humanity. Knowledge beyond comprehension. Yet he asks this man, what do you want me to do for you? Telling you worship opens the door to the promises of God. Worship opens the door to God's heart for us. The blind man said, Rebano, that I might receive my sight. All right, verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Here's my next point. Worship is, what is worship? Worship is reception of God's word. When, when Mary, um, the angel came and said, what is on you is a holy thing from God. You shall be with child. And what did she say? Be it unto me according to your word. That, my brothers and sisters, is an act of worship. This man received his sight. Okay? Worship is when we are reading the scripture, hearing it preached or taught, and even when it's a hard truth and it challenges us, it convicts us, it, it's, it makes us maybe even in our flesh or our own mind, our, our emotions a little uncomfortable in a good way, but uncomfortable when we say, yes, Lord, I'm telling you that is an act of worship. Worship is reception of 
divine truth. It is reception of God's word. And so we're going to see that here in, in this other story here, Matthew chapter 15. Say this with me as you're turning to Matthew 15. I'm going to read verse 21 all the way to verse 28. I'm going to read the whole story. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. But as you're turning there, say this with me. Say, say worship is reception of God's word. Why? Because we, in essence, are saying, again, a different way, you are God and I receive this truth of who you are, of what you're telling me. And how many of you know that the opposite of this, idolatry, is receiving something that is not true as truth. It's idolatry. It's the worship of, a, of, a, of an ideology that is not God. It, it is, it is it, we are receiving something as truth, and it is not truth. I'm telling you, we are in danger of idolatrous worship or the worship of a false God. Worship is receiving God's word for what it is. All right, so here we go. Matthew 15, verse 21. I'm gonna read the whole narrative here and then we'll talk about it. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Okay, this is a Gentile region, pagan region, pagan worship, all kinds of stuff going on over in this region. Verse 22, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region, not a Jew, outside the commonwealth of Israel. Okay, alienated from the covenants of promise, had no rights to this right? By way of birth, religion, ethnicity, or any of that, okay? So from that region, I cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, O son of David. There it is again. Can somebody say worship? A woman from Canaan, Tyre and Sidon, a pagan region, and she is saying, Lord, son of David, she's worshiping. I'm telling you, verse 22, folks, this Syrophoenician woman is worshiping. My daughter is severely demon-possessed, but he answered her, not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away. She cries out after us, send her away, okay? Verse 24, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, okay? Step one was Israel, we know that. Theologically speaking, Jesus did come, truth. He is speaking the truth. It's kind of like, all right, Sir Phoenician, you're next in line. But for the Jew first, then the Gentile, as the scripture says, we being grafted in, okay? It's not by birthright, okay? But, I, I, you know, I, I'm just wondering, like, how did she know? Oh, Lord, son of David. Wow. She knew. She, she not only did she know Semitic tradition, Hebrew Judaism, Hebrew religion. She knew, she knew the law and the prophets had to. But I, I think even more importantly than that, 
she, as somebody that you would think is from the other side of the tracks, would have no reference or knowledge of this, she knew you are God. You have all dominion power. You are omniscient. You are the I am. You are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. All right. Verse 24 again. Middle of verse 24. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25. Then she came and worshiped him. There it is. Just like blind Bartimaeus. She had to press through this resistance. And when we see these stories of worship in the scriptures, guys, sometimes I think we think worship is like some magic potion thing. Like, like it's like, oh, if I do this, I'll get this. But we must be committed to be worshipers, regardless of the outcome we want and when we want to get it. Somebody needs to say amen out there because both of these stories, neither of them stopped worshiping when there was resistance. When there was, call it what you want, resistance, spiritual warfare, um, you know what I'm saying, brick wall, you know what I mean, uh, satanic attack, you know, or just just whatever. It's, it's something is like in the way of me um, seeing the promise of God actualized, one thing these two did is they continued to worship. Then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. Verse 26, but he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Verse 27, and she said, yes, Lord. She didn't say, how dare you call me a dog? She knew the scripture. She knew. She knew the process. She knew what God was doing. She, her faith was high in God. She was a worshiper. She already proved that. She also knew what Jesus was saying. She understood you are not rejecting me. She knew there is a process, but Lord, she identified with what she's saying. She says, even the little dogs, if, they, if I understand where I am, I understand my history. I understand my pagan worship, my the history of my, my life and my culture is totally contrary to you. We were not worshiping you. My, my lineage, my, 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 you know, these generational things in my life that were not honoring to you, Jesus. I know all that. I know we in our worship, um, and in our uh, space, we 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 are unclean. We 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 aren't of the people of Israel. But even here's our faith now: little dogs will eat crumbs which fall from the master's table. Operative word there, folks. Master, she a third time continued to worship. 
So when we when we received the truth of God's request, she said, "Truth, Lord." This is what was the kind of the, one of the main thoughts here with worship is reception of God's word because she was able to say even in the hard truth, she was she said, "Yes, Lord." Truth, Lord. True. True. Yes. I say yes to your word. Yes. So when we receive the truth of God's word, that in and of itself, as we said before, is an act of worship. Saying yes and amen to God's word is an act of honor. And honor, folks, is worship. All right? Honors worship. Matthew 15, verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is your faith. Look at this. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Let it be to you as you desire. Jesus said to blind Bartimaeus in Mark 10, 52. Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. I'm here to tell you right now that worship leads to acquisition. And I know that term, that word acquisition, we used kind of like in natural terms, but I'm not speaking of things. Worship is not about acquiring things. It's not, that is not what it is. That is not what it is. But when you see in the scripture, but a worshiper will access promises from God that a non-worshiper will not. Somebody needs to say amen. Worship leads to acquisition of what? Everything that God has. There was something in between where these people were in reality and where they were based on God's goodness, God's grace, and God's promise. There was a gap there, folks, between reality and promise. And guess how they got? What did they fill that gap with? They filled it with worship. Worship. They filled it with worship. Son of David fell down and worshiped him. Worship leads to acquisition. And I'm speaking of the promises of God. I'm speaking of access to the divine nature. Worship. Okay? Worship leads to acquisition of what God has called you to do, who God's called you to be, what he has promised you. We must fill the gap with worship and, and not think that things have to be given to us on our time clock and how we want, when we want. No, we must simply choose to worship God. Abraham, prime example, obedient, received the word, was obedient, took his son up on the mountain to sacrifice him. Somebody say worship. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We just, we just looked at this. Reception of God's word is an act of worship. Acknowledging who God is is an act of worship. Abraham worshiped God on that mountain. And guess what? What happened? The Lord provided it on the mountain. The, the very Hebrew name of God that we love today, we sing about no. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. That came, that, that, that name is, is, is where we get the name. It's from that story that worship leads to divine provision, okay? 
Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac. Somebody say worship. And God provided him a ram in the thicket. Okay, so here it is. And, and we're gonna close with these thoughts here. But everything we truly need is in God. Everything, okay? And, and worship is how we get to know him and how we commune with him, all right? So, so worship doesn't, as we've seen in these stories, even we're not gonna go into reading through uh, Abraham's story of offering Isaac and God providing that whole process, uh, but worship doesn't get rid of trials or it does not negate process. Worship is actually an inerrant part and a very important part of our process, all right? If we wanna get to the other side and grab a hold and, and acquire everything God has called us to step into, the Bible says that through faith and patience, we inherit the promises, okay? And so worship is how we get to know and commune with him. Worship doesn't, like I said before, worship doesn't get rid of trial. doesn't rid us of trial, okay? Uh, but it keeps us in the light of his countenance. Oh, it does not rid us of trial, but in the trial, it keeps us in the light of his countenance. Worship is how we approach God. Worship is how I am more endeared to him and he to me. Hallelujah. Do we have any worshipers out there today? So Father, I just thank you today, God, that you are creating in us a clean heart. I pray that we would be a people, God, that yields to the Holy Spirit in worship. God, I pray that we would be a people, God, that regardless of how hard it is at times, but we would be a people that receive your word for what it is. And I pray, God, that we would learn, Lord, how to press through the resistance. And Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray more than anything, that we would choose daily to recognize who you really are. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. God bless you guys. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media, 